You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday. Come on in, stay a while. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Operator, Tyler, standing by, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Download the Peacock app. You'd like to watch the program. And we say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country. A lot's been made about Tom Brady's retirement. And it makes sense because he's the greatest quarterback of all time. There are a lot of people still believe Tom Brady will return. Mike Florio was one of them. He was on yesterday. And he said he believes Brady is done with the Buccaneers, that he was retiring from the Buccaneers, not from football. And he thinks that Tom Brady will be the starting quarterback for the 49ers week one. Well, yesterday, the Bucs head coach, Bruce Arians, said accommodating a Brady trade request would be bad business. And I think that surprised some people because Brady gave the Buccaneers, you know, have been bottom feeders for a long time, gave them a Super Bowl. Um, the NFL is a cutthroat business, though, and it appears Bruce has no interest in coaching against Brady, having him go to another NFC team. But to be fair, Tampa isn't obligated to deal Tom Brady. But if Brady does decide he wants to come back, this could be an interesting situation to follow as the offseason continues. Bruce Arians was asked about Tom Brady yesterday. If he comes back, I, I don't think so because of the reasons he retired. Uh, but uh, if he does, he's going to be playing for us. Yeah, I understand it. That, that would be the line that I would take right now. Let's see what San Francisco, let's just say, entertainment purposes only, San Francisco is interested in Tom Brady. Now, they could have had him two years ago, and they decided to stay with Jimmy G. Now you are going to move on from Jimmy G, and Trey Lance isn't ready to play yet. It would be a brilliant move if you could get Tom Brady now. Let Trey Lance learn from Tom Brady. Brady plays one year. He wanted to play for the team that he grew up rooting for, the 49ers. That is a team that's ready to win now. And maybe he could get one more chance. I think he would look at this and say, I have a better chance to win another Super Bowl in San Francisco than I do in Tampa. Now, is there a rift with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians? As I said last hour, I've heard the stories, heard the reports. I can't get any confirmation on it if it's true that they didn't get along or there, there was a rift growing between the two. If I look at Brady's numbers... I mean, I'd, I'd hate to see if he had a great relationship with Bruce because those are unbelievable numbers for a guy who might have had a rift. And Bruce Arians, I don't think, was involved with the offense. I, I, I'm not, at least from what I've read, that, you know, Brady runs his own offense. I don't think Bruce Arians was involved in it. Or Tom had the ability to be able to check down, change plays. He's Tom Brady, you know. And Bruce Arians has worked with some of the great quarterbacks in recent memory in the last 30 years. Do I think that he handled Tom differently than Belichick did? Yes. Maybe some good and maybe some not. But if I look at the bottom line, Tom won a Super Bowl and could have won MVP last year. But do I think he comes back and play? I just don't see it. Now, I don't think if Brady is going to do this, he's already decided to do this. It's not like he's going to go... Yeah, I've been home for a couple of weeks now. I got to get a hobby. You know, it's not like Giselle's going to see him and he's on the couch and he's moping. He's got, you know, his head in his hands. It's like, Tommy, Tommy, 
Why don't you go play? You mean in the NFL? No, go outside and play. Oh, okay. It goes head held low. Go get a media job, Tom. I don't want to. <laughs> go outside or I'm going to put you to work. I always love that. My mom would always say that. If you are still in the house when I get up, you got to do chores. We were out the damn door at 630 in the morning. They're like tiptoeing out because I, you know, you didn't want to be cleaning bathrooms or something. But it was my mom's way of saying, get the hell out of the house. I don't know if Tom's there yet, but I don't think he comes back and plays because I don't think he wants to come back and play in Tampa. And is something is everything going to stars are going to align that he's going to end up with San Francisco? I, I never say never, but I would doubt this. I'd have a lot of doubts with this happening but look florio was all in willing to take a pie to the face and maybe it's wishful thinking but he's he's him and chris sims have been all over this brady ends up with the niners and you know the niners know they whiffed a couple of years ago and maybe it's like hey we'll move on from jimmy g what do we get for jimmy g can we get Tom Brady for Jimmy G? Would you trade Jimmy G for Tom Brady for one year? <laughs> and the answer is yes. Heck yes. And then Trey Lance can learn at the feet of Tom Brady. Oh, quarterback issues. We love it. Uh, Steve Keim is the Cardinals GM. And he uh, talked about the letter that he got from Kyler Murray's agent. To me, this is how you answer this question. A delicate question. The one thing I'll say is, is in regards to the statement, I know everybody's seen that. I think it's an agent doing his job. I have a lot of respect for Eric Burkhardt. Obviously, Kyler Murray, from my standpoint, like it's always been uh, moving forward, any kind of speculation, any negotiations, any conversations and dialogue will be certainly held confidential between uh, the three of us. That's the way you answer it. Now, what I would have said to the agent is, do not do this. Do not play this out on social media. Do not do this. If you if you want us to work with you, then it's just us working. Don't take this to the media. Because if you do, then we'll let this play out. We'll franchise tag him. Like, we'll make things a little tougher on you. If you're going to work with us, then give the impression that you're working with us, not in spite of us or holding us for ransom. That's what I would say privately to... Kyler Murray's agent, don't do this again. Don't make us look like the bad guys because we're not. We build a winner. We tried to build a winner around Kyler Murray. And actions speak louder than words. Uh, look at Kyler's performance against the Rams in the playoffs. Now, I don't know if I would say that, but I would be thinking that if I needed to. But uh, that's how Steve Kime, the Cardinals GM, answered this yesterday. And to me, that's, that's the right answer. Also, the Colts, not sure what they're doing at the quarterbacking position. I'm not sure what the Colts have been doing for the last seven weeks since they lost to Jacksonville. But here is uh, Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, on their quarterbacking position. We're still working through it. And I know I'm going to get a lot of questions about Carson right now. And it's a, I don't have a direct answer for you. Um, we're working through it. Jim, Mr. Ursay, and Frank and I will sit down over the next... 10 days and, and figure out where it's going. Ultimately, we do, we'll do what's best for the team, for the Colts, both in the short term and in the long term. But in the long term, best interest for us, I think 
as we sit down and work through whether Carson's the long-term best answer or not is the best way I can put it. We're not there yet. I'm not there yet. Um, and that's something that we'll talk about as a group and move forward. And whatever decision we make um, will be the best one for us. Okay. Thank you for the honesty. Thank you for the content. But you just opened up all doors and windows. It's not like you opened up a door there. No, you opened up everything. Windows, doors, screen doors, everything. You're not quite sure about Car- If you're not quite sure about Carson Wentz, then you're not sure about Carson Wentz. Not, we're not quite sure. Yeah, Paul. This is one of those where we talked about this before. The, st- the stats don't tell the story. Carson Wentz this year, yep. he was a 63% passer, 27 touchdowns, and 7 picks. Those are nice stats. On paper, those seem clean. But it's only like 209 yards a game. There's a lot of fumbles. There's a lot of turnovers. A lot of turnovers at bad times. But like on paper, it's like Kirk Cousins. If you look at Kirk Cousins' numbers, you're like, oh, man, he's got great numbers. Yeah. But even Mike Zimmer, his former coach in Minnesota, complained openly when he was coaching the Vikings that Kirk doesn't have winning plays. Like he doesn't create those big plays, those big moments. And you can disguise a quarterback and say, look at those numbers. And then game on the line, can your quarterback win a game? And I thought Carson Wentz was going to be great with Indianapolis. I thought that being reunited with Frank Reich and having those weapons, having a running attack, a very good offensive line, and that he wouldn't get happy feet. He wouldn't be worried about, you know, his uh, surgically repaired knee. I I thought that he would be really good in Indianapolis. And he wasn't. Um, You know, fumbled a lot, made mistakes, lost games for them. But if you look at the overall stats, you're going – that's not a bad year. No? You take those numbers. Like, we're, we're, you know, Kyler Murray's rapidly improving, and he had those kind of numbers. Carson Wentz, not rapidly improving. Or the Colts are willing to move on from him. You know, Wentz had less picks than Kyler Murray did last year. Now, I know Kyler Murray is going to beat you with his legs as well. I, I understand all those things. I'm just saying that the numbers, you can use the numbers uh, as a positive or a negative with a lot of these quarterbacks in the NFL. It's like somebody said to me yesterday, NFL scout, he's at the combine, and he goes, uh, we were talking about Dak Prescott. I said, is this a big deal with the non-throwing shoulder? You know, Baker Mayfield had a hard time playing uh, with his injury. But, you know, that's also when you get tackled, you fall on it. That, that's when it really bothers you. Um, having had surgery on my right arm, which is my throwing arm, that's something that is always going to be there. Even now, if I raise my arm to a certain degree, certain level, torn labrum that I had repaired is always going to be there. You know, Cam Newton is always going to have an issue with his shoulder. Uh, Andrew Luck, these are in retirement. You'll still have that. But the left one, it's more of if I grab you, if I tackle you, then the pain is pretty excruciating. But with Dak Prescott and the scout said, why is it that we're still waiting for Dak to be fully developed here. It's like he's a work in progress, and this is his sixth season. He said, that would, that would concern me here. Plus, if you lose Amari Cooper, Zeke, you may cut him, and now you got Pollard, C.D. Lamb, Gallup. You know, are you that formidable? Is, is Dak going to be great? And I said, well, he still had 37 touchdowns. He said, yes, but we keep hearing it's, it's, you know, Dak is not a finished product. And at this stage of his career, somebody you're going to pay that amount of money should be a finished product. 
Like, we know Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. We, there's certain quarterbacks where you go, okay, I know who he is. We don't know who Lamar Jackson is yet. I don't know who Kyler Murray is yet, Baker Mayfield is yet. But if you're going into, is this Dak's sixth season, you should have a pretty good idea. And maybe the Cowboys do. But the non-throwing shoulder, that to me is more about if I tackle you, you land on that shoulder. And Baker went through that the second half of the season there. Uh, Shannon in Indiana joins us. Hi, Shannon. What's on your mind? What up, DP? Hey, Shannon. Hey, uh, just back with the Colts, with Carson Wentz. I'm a Colts fan. I've called any of you guys a couple times. It's. I'm, I'm glad. Get rid of him. Get somebody else. He's not the answer. We have the offensive line, which you talk about, Dan. Yeah. We got the running game. Our defense is young. Get me a quarterback that can win, and we can, we can go far, Dan. And I just want your thoughts on who you think would be the uh, best quarterback that could replace him. Well, I would say Aaron Rodgers. I mean, put him in a dome, running game, offensive line. Got Jonathan Taylor. He's going to make your receivers better. Got Quentin Nelson. I, I mean, if I'm a GM right now, it, then let, there's probably 10 where you go, we could upgrade with Aaron Rodgers. Although when the GM, Brian Gutekunst, says, you know, he was asked, have you heard from any teams about trading for Aaron Rodgers? No, we haven't. I, that's not the answer. It could be the truth, although I don't believe that. But if you're going to trade him, I wouldn't say anything. And if you're not going to trade him, I'd certainly say, we, we're not trading. Like, I would be incredible. Like, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers. We want him to be here. We're, we're, we're working on a contract extension. We want him to be here. Not, no, we haven't heard from anybody. <laughs> if you know anybody who wants a quarterback, let us know. Uh, final results of the poll question from the first hour seat, and then uh, we'll move on to a new one. The cancellation of which league's season would bother you the most? The NFL running away with it with two-thirds of the vote at 62%, followed by baseball, NHL, and NBA um, not really registering much. Okay, NBA last. All right, the new poll question for hour two is? Well, we could go with, uh, I hope Tom Brady stays retired, returns to the Bucks, returns to the NFL, but with a different team. Mm. We could mm. go with that. I, the word hope is interesting. How about, because people might not, you know, as far as hope goes. I expect Tom Brady to stay retired, return to the Buccaneers, return to the NFL. Okay. How about I, I expect? And not hope, yeah. you expect. Yeah. All right. By the way, Selection Sunday is a week and a half away. Is anybody ready to fill out their brackets? Uh, Syracuse in, they usually find a way in right around now. Well, I don't think so this year. I've, I watched them against North Carolina. That felt like a must-win situation. Yeah, punk. But usually Syracuse, when they're on the bubble oh, and on the God. outside, yes. they not only win the Big East, they yeah. go on like a three-game run in the tournament. Yeah, they go to the Sweet 16, yeah. it feels like. Um are you paying more attention to college basketball now? Yeah, I feel it feels like the more I know, the worse I do in the bracket challenge because you're like, ah, okay, I'm gonna that that uh, eight nine game. 
That five twelve game, yes. Uh, but but don't, don't you feel like you got that big exam coming up, which is filling out the bracket, and you're like you're not cramming. This is your last chance this last week, and have to get some semblance of an idea on who's good in these I, conference I, tournaments. I did horrible when it came to exams because I would always wait and wait and wait, and then it'd be like ten o'clock at night. And I go, all right, man, I'm going to do a crash course here. It rarely went well, but you. You were the guy that was always prepared. I was like, I figured like if the teacher's letting us know that far in advance that there's a quiz or a test coming up or a paper due, I should take advantage of every minute of that. If uh, you tell me in three weeks from now we have an exam, I'll probably start studying. If not that day, it's only within that week, so I have a few weeks to get ready. But, you know, here's the thing. We're all in the same That's room. True. We're all in the same it's room very, right very now. True. We're all in the same room. I could have had a lot more fun, you know, not having to, you know, Maybe a little less with the grades and more with the uh, socializing and the girls and everything. I mean, Paulie got seized and Seton was asked to leave, I think, college. <laughs> well, that's I actually balance out the back row now perfectly. I'm, <laughs> I'm the polar opposite of what Todd just described. And Marvin, I don't know how long it took you to get through Connecticut. Man, I took the I took the long route. Okay, but I got through. All right, but you did. You're a graduate. You're a proud member of uh, Husky Nation. Let's go, UConn. Yeah, a Sweet Sixteen at least this year. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like a pie to the face. <laughs> what? Yes, Mark. That's the heart talking. That ain't the head talking. <laughs> no, this is just pure stupidity on my part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Paulie. Five and a half years in college means you got more education. You're smarter. <laughs> is that what it is? Yes, a lot more education, right? Be- because your education is really out of the classroom in college. There you go. You, you have to deal with certain situations. I always said that. I said to my mom, you know, she'd be like, Danny, why don't you apply yourself? I go, Mom, I am. Like, I'm really, I'm magna cum laude outside of the classroom. She goes, I don't even know what that means. Yes, yeah, That could be the title of my autobiography, if he'd only applied himself, <laughs> or if I'd only applied myself. Because I was able, that's the problem. I was able to coast through and basically do nothing in, say, high school and get, like, Bs and Cs for the most part. It's like, oh, yeah, that's all right. I don't have to do none of this. And then get to college and wheels fell off. Like, if you said I could graduate number two overall in my class like Todd did, or I could have had... A girlfriend or two. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to go with getting C's and having a girlfriend. You know what? It's hard to argue that. Let's take a break. Is that a new poll question? Would you rather have good <laughs> grades or a girlfriend? Yeah. Yes, Paul. Dan, I had it the worst. I had C's and no girls anywhere in high school. Believe me. I had a Corvette. Where is Al Michaels going to end up? We'll talk to the man who's been breaking all of these uh, news stories about who's going where in the TV business. We'll have that for you coming up next. And now a message from Discover, and it's about customer service and common sense. When you have a credit card question, it's nice to have somebody answer it. Somebody who's a real person, a live person, you know, a human being who actually understands your issues and works with you to resolve them. Somebody who has a knack for helping out others and has a pulse. In other words, what you don't need is a robot. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives, and they give you live customer service with the emphasis on live. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. We'll get to more phone calls coming up. Got our poll question for hour two, correct, Seton? 
We do. We do have a poll question for hour two. Uh, I expect Tom Brady to stay retired, return to the Bucks, return to the NFL, but with a different team. And I wonder if any TV executives going, can we get Brady? Just like is ESPN looking at Derek Jeter? Yes, uh, see. A funny result from that poll question. Okay. Can you guess how many people have voted for him to return to the Bucks? What percentage? Four. Uh, that would be way high. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zero percent of the vote right now. Zero. Nobody thinks he's going back to the Bucks. No, I don't. I don't think so either. But I don't know if I'm all the way to the edge where Florio was yesterday, where he's like, no, he's retiring from the Buccaneers. He's, he's going to end up with the 49ers. Whenever there's a story about uh, TV, TV sports, Andrew Marshawn is the guy, the New York Post senior sports media columnist. He's been killing it here in the offseason. And uh, Andrew joins us now. Andrew, where do we stand with Troy Aikman? Has he, wait, what's holding up him going to ESPN to do Monday Night Football? Yeah, that's going to happen. He's going to go for five years and 90 plus million dollars, uh, which is pretty good. We'll take him through ABC slash ESPN Super Bowl. Uh, the average salary would be more than the deal Tony Romo got a few years ago. Uh, that was 10 years and $180 million from CBS. Uh, so it's just not official yet. There's some paperwork uh, that has to be done, uh, and we're waiting for other shoes to drop. So if they make an announcement, they may wait and try to make a double announcement. Because if you're going to spend that money on Troy Aikman, and this is no offense to Steve Levy, but you're not going to have Steve Levy paired with Troy Aikman. It, or are you? Is that still a possibility? Or are they, they looking at making a big splash with Al Michaels or Joe Buck? So, yeah, this is the list for them. The first they're going to see if Fox will allow them to talk to Joe Buck, who has one year left on his contract. He makes $11 million to be the number one play-by-player uh, for the NFL and baseball for Fox. Uh, and so that's their number one. You know, they, Aikman and Buck are, are close. Uh, they've been together for two decades now. Uh, I could see that happening. Uh, if it doesn't, they'll look at Al Michaels. Uh, they like Al Michaels. Al Michaels is, you know, late 70s. Uh, the question for them is, does he get you to that Super Bowl in February 2027? Do you you're kind of pushing the bigger issue off for a while? Uh, internally, Chris Fowler's their national championship caller. Uh, they like him. Uh, to me, he's not as strong uh, as these other guys. And then the other wild card would be Ian Eagle uh, from CBS, uh, who's the number two mm. on the NFL uh, for them, uh, who has a contract. But um, I think they would try to uh, possibly uh, finagle him out of his deal. Well, so what's Amazon doing on Thursday night? So they've they, Al Michaels, NBC, and Al Michaels um, uh, bid ado basically after the Super Bowl. So Al Michaels is their number one choice. Uh, it's a three-year deal. I think thirty plus million dollars is what's on the table. Um, and uh, Al has been kind of ninety percent, but he's been waiting to see who the analyst is going to be. Uh, first wanted Chris Collinsworth to come with him. Mm. Collinsworth doesn't want to do two games. Uh, then wanted Aikman. Aikman was close to signing with Amazon where he possibly could have split his time between Amazon, who will have exclusive rights to Thursday Night Football come this fall, uh, which is a big milestone for TV, just going straight for NFL TV, going straight to streaming. Uh, and then 
after that, he, he really, he has a close relationship with Sean McVay. They dinner together with their wives and McVay's fiance. Uh, Allen has one wife, so I should say wife. Um, and so uh, <laughs> don't want to start any rumors. Uh, so they, they're, they're, they have a relationship, obviously, for Amazon. Al Michaels, probably the greatest play-by-play player of all time. Super Bowl winning coach. Uh, that would have been pretty good. Uh, but that's not happening. McVay is staying. Uh, and so... Did McVay uh, get an offer, Andrew? So it never got to that. I mean, the Rams knew that that was out there, that he could have, they, Amazon, from what I know, would have gone to five years, a hundred million dollars, that range. Now, you know, he's going to talk, I think later today, he might say, oh, there was, it was there. I mean, I could get into all the, how everything works, you know, the inside of it, but uh McVeigh, there was real interest. McVeigh, ESPN went after McVeigh two years ago, tried to get him for Monday night um, after the Witten Booger uh, arrangement didn't work uh, in terms of analysts. Um, and you listen to McVeigh, I mean, you know, you can only go by so much people say he has an interest in doing this. Yeah. Um, the Rams, either, it, it, I'd be surprised if, you know, within five years, McVeigh is not a broadcaster. If you look at, what he said, he wants to, he's getting, he's getting married. He doesn't want to be a football lifer. Um, but this Rams team has a chance to win again. He has the quarterback, but then he leaves. Um, then he can decide to come back to coaching. Like I was joking, Daniel, like this is that I wanted him originally to sign with ESPN. So then I could start writing about how he's leaving ESPN. Um, <laughs> to coach. Uh, so uh, McVeigh is somebody on there. Now Kirk Herbstreit is someone who's high on Amazon's list. All right. If Al Michaels goes to Amazon, you think he'll be paired with who? So Herb Street, I right now I would say is someone um, who I would most likely um, to me is a very good choice. Right, you're picking a broadcaster, not a quarterback. So the fact that Herb Street never played in the NFL, I think you know what kind of analyst you're going to get. And when you're Amazon, you're starting this new service streaming people have to find it you know that's why they want al michaels they want it to feel big they want it to feel familiar um and i think al at this point he's still great throws 90 92 um not 95 97 in his prime but 90 92 still very good herb street's a perfect compliment for him you know does al like that you know al likes the stars madden uh collinsworth aikman McVeigh, those type of people. Herb Street's a star in college, not in the NFL. So will Al be totally pleased with that? Uh, I don't know. The wild card. Joe Buck goes to the ESPN. Suddenly Fox has an opening to do the Super Bowl two of the next three years. Al Michaels has done 12 greatest ever. Yes, um, wow. a little bit older. But I, I look, I'm not saying Fox would do that. I think more likely Kevin Burkhart moves up. Um, very, you know, he was excellent, ready to do it, in my opinion. Great guy, um, and deserves it. Uh, but do you say, look, we just lost Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, Al Michaels is out there, we get him to do two of the next three Super Bowls. Um, and kind of, I kind of wrote Michaels did the uh Tom Brady thing this past Super Bowl, great performance, you know, kind of put that stamp on. If again, it's a silly argument, but this is what I cover uh, who the greatest play by play of player is of all time at 78 to, to have the game he had. Um, but now you go off and get two more Super Bowls, and you know, Summerall did 12, Al's done 12, he gets the 14 uh, in terms of Super Bowl. Uh, that's a pretty good exclamation point on a career. What are the Mannings paid for the Manning cast? So nobody is. I know I've heard numbers. 
not confirmed, but yeah, I look, they're in that neighborhood of where Romo and Aikman is. The ESPN, the way that they're able to, to somewhat pay these people um, is that they make it a digital deal. Now, obviously, Disney overall is making ESPN Plus um, a priority, so that budget is bigger. Um, so Peyton does Peyton's Places. He has Omaha Productions, so that money is kind of – goes through there and and those are real things i mean they've been successful peyton's places have been successful for espn plus i mean you know success is defined you know different ways but people do like uh peyton on those shows and um from from what i'm told uh in terms of what they see internally in, in terms of those streams but yes he's in that range he's making a lot of money uh to to do the 10 manning cast from home uh it's a pretty good deal for both sides though it was, it was, it was excellent for espn as well you know and that's why it was kind of a little bit like oh well they had the manning cast you know do they need aikman yeah uh, but they're looking towards that super bowl yeah and i wondered about that too that troy is going to miss out on a couple of super bowls with fox where he's going to get one super bowl with the mothership it looks like but then you have the manning cast and plus, when you work on Monday Night Football, you don't just work on Monday Night Football. You, you get put through the car wash there. He's going to be on Get Up. He's going to be on, you know, radio shows, you know, Van Pelt show. Like, that goes yes. along with the territory. I agree with you, Dan, most likely. But I will say, like, when Romo was talking to ESPN, and I was so ready to write the Romo rules, I couldn't wait to write it. Uh, if he had gone to ESPN, I don't think Romo would have been doing everything. Like, I think he would have just done the games. Uh, and I, I agree with you. You know it better than I do. The ESPN culture is you do all these things, and maybe Troy will end up doing that. I don't know if that's in his deal that, no, I don't have to do all this other stuff. I just want to do the games like I did at Fox. Um, but, yes, if he does, it's a different animal. Um, and also that broadcast is more scrutinized. Now the Manicast takes a little bit of the pressure off the main broadcast because people can go to that if they're not as, if they're not as interested in the game. But you know, Sunday afternoon on Fox and CBS is the best window. First off, it's the most viewed. Those games are watched by more than any other uh, window. And secondly, everyone is doing a lot of different things on Sunday. There's more than one game. Uh, you get to watch your team on Sunday, generally speaking. There's fantasy that's even more uh, active than it is on Monday. So the focus isn't as much on you, uh, the broadcast team. On Monday night, you get a lot of bad, you know, you get some bad games. Focus is on the broadcast crew. And that, in the defense of the Steve Levy's and the Greasy's and the Riddick's, et cetera, that is harder they've gotten, they have a harder task than these other teams. And when they're compared, that's sometimes kind of unfair. Romo changed all of this, didn't he? Yes. So, and, and look, from CBS's point of view, the reason they, the people are probably listening, why would you give Tony Romo 10 years, $180 million? The reason they did that is because the NFL broadcast deals were all up. CBS, NBC, ESPN, turned down Amazon, got involved, Fox, and so ESPN wanted to get Tony Romo with the thought that that would help them get Super Bowls and get these larger deals. Because if you look at the, what the most important um, property in sports and in television overall, 85 of the top 100 shows are the NFL. So the reason they did that, they wanted Romo on their side. Um, could they have gotten him cheaper if they you know, negotiated a little bit differently? probably, but it didn't happen that way. It worked out. I could go through a hundred different things that worked out for Romo. And he ended up with that crazy contract, 10 years, $180 million. And then you have the ripple effect. Of course, Aikman sees that, you know, he was making um, around 7 million, you know, in that range at that point. 
Um, and he's, and he's like, I'm the, you know, I'm a better quarterback hall of famer. And I've been doing this for 20 years as a number one. Why am I not paid that much? And, and now he is. Yeah. You just, um, do they really matter? Like when I, am I going to stay, am I going to tune into a game because Tony Romo is doing it? Uh, am I going to tune in for Troy Aikman? Am I tuning in for Al Michaels or Chris? Like how do these networks uh, evaluate this, that, this is worth it. You're going to stay with me longer. I mean, how many of those broadcasters do we really tune in because they're doing the games, Andrew? A hundred percent. You know, like what you do for the audience, you're the attraction. So whatever you get paid, you're listening to the Dan Patrick show and the Dan Nets, and that's the show. And obviously, you know, the money, you know, can be similar to what this money is. Um, you know, you can tell what you make if you want, Dan. Um, the, uh, but the, uh, when you look at the games, uh, yeah, these people do not make the ratings change. What they do do, though, there is a star power to it. It does feel bigger, um, and that's important. And the bigger thing is it's important to the league. The league wants these booths to be feel like number one booths. Um, but I will say this, like before the Romos contract, they just mentioned why they did it. I was told by NFL brand, it doesn't really matter to us. You know, at the end of the day, they're going to take the, what the highest bids are um, for these contracts. And then in terms of watching, you don't like, so when you look at Fox's decision with like Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, let's just say Joe Buck leaves, they just have to really feel confident that come Super Bowl Sunday next year, they're going to be able to do a good enough job that the focus isn't on them. You know, it's great if they do an amazing job and everyone thinks they're awesome and they get great reviews, but you can't, you can't have it where that the focus is for whatever reason on your broadcast booth instead of the game. That would be, you know, just PR wise. Does it, does it go dollars and cents? Does it matter? No. I mean, the Monday night football ratings were up last year. Uh, so do they really need Troy Aikman to make them go even higher? No, but they want that marquee. Uh, and especially when you're still negotiating maybe for Sunday ticket with the NFL, uh, Amazon's about to make their booth. Uh, it didn't happen. Of course, you know, Al Michaels still might happen, but Al and Troy, uh, and then you come in and you say, no, we'll get Troy. And not only that, we're going to get Joe Buck, uh, maybe, uh, then that, do that could, that does probably help you a little bit. Who is the sports media MVP? Well, I mean, I, look, what you, like, I'm not, like, kissing buddy here on national uh, TV, but I think what you, McAfee, Colin Coward, Chris Russo, Stephen A., Skip Bayless, I'm not saying you're the MVP, but in terms of value, right, you're doing an entertainment value. The talk show host or, or the big-time podcast, Big Cat and uh, uh, PMT, PFT com commenter, um, that type of person, you know, that's the show. So you could argue that, again, I guess who's worth the most, th those people are probably worth the most because there's no Dan Patrick show without Dan Patrick. There is a game without, um, without the game. So I guess, so, I mean, look, if I, you, you asked me, this is kind of, I'd say McAfee right now, right? Like he is the one who is not, you know, you, you did this kind of, you left, um, ESPN and started your own thing. But now McAfee's doing it where it's just YouTube. So just the pipes, um, he's on Sirius XM, but he, um, but so, so he's creating his own, everyone else kind of has an attachment, like even Stephen A, um, he's very important to ESPN, but Stephen A leaves tomorrow, ESPN 
I don't know. Do they make less money? Maybe. I mean, first take makes some money. Um, and Stephen A is important. And can you replace Stephen A? You probably can replace Stephen A, but with who and how confident are you that you're going to get the same ratings and make as much money with that show? So I would say the talk show host type is the, the opinionator is uh, opinionist are the, uh, the ones who are probably the most valuable. Thank you, Andrew. We'll be, uh, we'll be watching. We'll be reading. Great. Thanks, man. And that's Andrew Marshawn. He's the New York Post senior sports media columnist, also co-host of Marshawn and Orand, the sports media podcast. We'll come back. We'll uh, toy with that question I had, the sports media MVP, and your phone calls coming up after that. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cider looks to Larkin. Raymond moving in. Came back to Larkin again for Cider. Back in front for Tuzzi. Loose puck, they jump. They score! Raymond! Everybody loves Raymond. It's 4-3. Red Wings win. Real credit card questions require real people. Somebody who understands your issues, works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover exceptionally common sense. That was courtesy of Bally Sports Detroit. Uh, Raymond leads all NHL rookies this season with 43 points, 16 goals, 27 assists. Fritzy just showed us some video, and it was from last night's Wheel of Fortune. And the phrase was... It was another feather in your cap. In your cap. And it took a very long time for the contestants. Every letter was up pretty much except for the C and P in the last word. And they probably had five or six guesses. They, get, they guessed nap. <laughs> One asked for a G. Someone said feather in your map. It, it was just a total... Feather disaster. in your lap. Lap. Yeah, yeah Seaton. I think I have a theory on okay. how that happened. Theory. Okay. I think that the Wheel of Fortune, their um, age... The, of their viewers probably skews a little older. Yeah. And I think they're trying to get in younger um, viewers. So they're having younger contestants. But the younger contestants aren't familiar with mm. phrases that mm. maybe the older audience is. Okay. All right. I can see some logic in that. Yeah, Paulie? Yeah, like early bird gets the warm. <laughs> yeah. you know, I could see some 21-year-old going, what? What's that? Worm? What's a yeah. penny saved is a penny learned. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. What, what? A stitch in time saves, saves, saves wine. Saves, saves wine. Saves wine. Yeah. <laughs> no, no W. Yeah. Troy Aikman made $55 million in his career as a player. He's going to make $90 million in five years as a broadcaster. <laughs> the next five years. Okay, which would you rather? Would you rather make... Uh, fifty-five million and play for twelve years, or make ninety million and do and be a broadcaster for five years. Would I rather be Troy Aikman the player or Troy Aikman the broadcaster? Yeah, I would rather be Troy Aikman the football player. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's like half the money. 
Yeah, but you're still the Cowboys quarterback, yeah. and you make a lot of money by being a Cowboys quarterback. Yeah, I would rather be the Cowboys quarterback, too. Yeah. Sports media MVP. Go around the room. Who you think, and, and I don't. I can't vote because then I'd vote for myself, and then that's that's not fair. Um, I was just kidding, Todd. That, thank you. That's, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, I was just joking. <laughs> okay. All right. Sports media MVP is who, Todd? Uh, my, my initial thought was Scott Van Pelt, but I'm going Mike Wilbon. Why do we do this where we have to give one answer? I'm the only one that get, does that. No, Paulie does it all the time. You know, I was going to say. It's like giving two answers. Yes. It's kind of cheap. I'm, I'm going to say Mike Wilbon. Only because I, I really like PTI and he's all over the place with the NBA stuff and everything. And uh, I just say uh, he's very likable. He can talk about all different sports. I'll Seton. say Seton. Um, You know, I'm going to say it might be Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports. Okay. Just the everything that they've built there is is pretty incredible. All right, Marvin, you got an MVP. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say Stephen A. Smith. Okay, he's the most important guy to me at ESPN. Okay, he's everywhere. They're working him like crazy. Okay, Paulie, sports MVP, media I, MVP. I think there's one who's way above the rest. It's Charles Barkley. He's both a, a flamethrower mm. and beloved, which n- almost never happens. He is the main reason most people watch the NBA and TNT. You never know what's going to happen. He's totally candid. Uh, he'll say whatever he wants to say. He never gets fired for what he says because people love him so much. Mm. He is undervalued and underpaid. Okay. So sports media MVP. And he's versatile. You saw him doing those golf broadcasts yeah. last year. Yeah. You yeah. pop him on an NFL game, people would have a blast. Yeah. And then at the same time, he could do like SNL. He's hosted Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could see Pat McAfee, too, with what McAfee has uh, developed there, built there. And it's non-traditional, and he's done it in a short period of time. Yes, yeah, Maybe Shaq. Yeah. Like, honorable gonna, mention, Shaq. Yeah, I was going to say Shaq when you guys said Barkley, but he's not as important to the broadcast as Barkley is. I mean, it still comes back to Charles. He starts everything. Yeah, Pauline. It's old school, but Jim Nance with uh, CBS Sports, he's been... Hello, uh, friends. He's helped that network so much the past 30 years doing college basketball, golf, NFL. He does a lot for CBS. Yeah, you could throw him in the mix. Tariko's very valuable for NBC. Um, yeah, it's... Yes, Tom. I'd also throw Kevin Harlan and Ian Eagle in there just because, again, versatility. They do a lot of different sports, and they're bouncing around in different networks. You could put them into almost anything, and they can do a really good job. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. Albert Breer will join us. So you think there's a chance Tom Brady wants to play for the San Francisco 49ers? What do the Colts do with Carson Wentz? Dak Prescott, shoulder surgery, dot, dot, dot. Final hour coming up, and more of your phone calls, Dan Patrick Show. One more item, we close that hour too. I'm always watching the Golf Channel, trying to pick up some tips, how to hit it longer, straighter, how to read putts, all of those things. But you know what I don't worry about? The equipment. Callaway, the new Rogue ST driver. The only one built to completely bomb it. Speed-tuned. It's been speed-tuned. That's right. It's Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Got a chance to use it. Uh, last week, when I was at Medalist, of course, in uh, West Palm, man, I was taking that course down to its knees. Most golfers will fit into the Max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. That's the one I have. There's also Max D, if you like to draw the ball. Max LS, that gives you stronger trajectory. 
and a more neutral ball flight. The Rogue S Triple Diamond LS is the compact low spin head. The tour players love this one. Callaway has thought about every aspect of speed. Go Rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash Go Rogue. 